Welcome back to the Offside Report World Cup edition. The round of 16 wrapped up this morning with Morocco causing the first major upset of the tournament, knocking out Spain on penalties, while Portugal blew Switzerland away in a 6-1 thrashing. Our Aussies fell short against the Giants of Argentina, but they did us proud with a memorable couple of weeks in Qatar building up the hype for a much-anticipated return of the A-League this weekend, which we'll be taking a look at today. But before we do, we're going to wrap up all the results from the round of 16 in Qatar. And helping me do that, is, as always, is Mitch Ball and Jack Elliott. Boys, welcome to the stand. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we last chatted and what's happened since then. But, I mean, what is your initial thoughts on the Socceroos? You're quick. Give me a quick 10 second. Welcome to the grab. stands. I'm on trial. So I can't <laughs> lie. Um, no, look, it was it was a good World Cup for the team that we had. Yeah. Is my quick summary. Yeah. Think, you don't even seem impressed. No. Oh. I've only got 10 seconds. He's, he's never impressed. <laughs> we'll, we'll it was get a into pretty amazing World Cup. It really it, was. Yeah, it really for, was. For the team that we had. I mean, um, you know, when we last caught up, it was on the eve of the Tunisia game, I think. Um, if we said at that stage that we were going to get through the round of 16 and be play against Argentina in that game, go up to the very last minute, mm. um, you would have you'd take that every day and be, um, be super proud. But I think um, what's even more impressive and important is the um, the reaction that it's had in Australia and hopefully the, the um, you know, the exposure of the sport and for it being on front page of the paper and the, mm. um, the interest that it's received around the country. Now it's the, um, the APL and the, the Federation's time to capitalise on this um, momentum that it's got um, mm. and look to build that into the A-League and they've got the Women's World Cup in Australia next year. Like it's, um, it's a pretty pivotal time for the sport because if they can get this next 18 months right, it could set, um, you know, the football community in the right direction. When does the A-League season start back up again? This weekend. This weekend. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that in the paper and the news because uh, you know, the APL have really jumped on it and really started to spend the money and promote he's, it. He's on fire today. <laughs> he really he? is. Just two parts. No, he always comes in here with a mood. Yeah. <laughs> but we all sit here and go, and it was. It was a, a fantastic yeah. thing and we had 1.9 million watching the uh, French game. Uh, sorry, the, the Tunisia game, I think it was. We had 1.7 million watching us against Argentina at 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. We had 20,000 people at Amy Park. We had probably 7,500 people at... Um, Federation Square, both those numbers are bigger than the crowds that go to Western United, Melbourne City. And if you want to take the 20, if you put in the whole crowd, that's, uh, sorry, the 20,000 at Amy and the 7.5 at Fed Square, that's more than what Victory have got all season. Mm. So where are those people every other night? Where's the 1.7 million watching at 6 a.m.? It's because it's the Socceroos. No one cares. A-League hasn't got that right yet. But the potential is there. The poten- potential's always been there, though. Exactly. When at national games, everyone gets support. The Wallabies get massive support. No one goes to Super Rugby. Yeah. It, the national national teams Australia will always get behind because yeah. we love the underdogs and guess what on the soccer world stage we are the underdogs yeah. A-League is the underdog story the perfect underdog story mm. no one cares because it's, no one knows I've, I am involved in soccer at every level I haven't seen anything about the A-League coming back this weekend mm. the first thing I saw about it was when the Australians got off the plane and Jason Cummins released a, stating, uh, a statement saying you know come and support us yeah but that's it yeah that's been it. The AFL released their fixture at 6 a.m. The exact same time kicked off against Argentina. Why? Because they wanted to get involved and they wanted to take away from the headlines. The APL didn't continue with that and go, hey, guys, here's our fixture for this weekend. Go and support your local team. It's the sad truth. 
It is. It, you, you do uh, have a pretty good point there. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better hype towards oh, the tournament. Matthew Leckie, superb for Australia. Arguably, Goodwin. you take out Suter, yeah. who is in a league of his own in, in terms of Australian players, the best players were the A-League players. Mm-hmm. Well, and, there was a majority of them there. Well, there was, I think, was it 13 or something out of the squad of 26 or 12 yeah. or something out of the squad of 26? Nothing's been said. Every yeah. club should be going, come and see your Socceroo stars this weekend. Yeah. Even if they don't play, because Lecky could be rested and that, that'd be warranted because he is absolutely, he played a lot mm. of minutes and was crucial in a lot of games. So he could, he could be rested this weekend. But come and meet, come and meet your Socceroo superstars after the match. Yeah. Make them walk around, all of them. Yeah. Make your whole squad around. Get it, get involved with the fans. You need to connect in this country. Australia can't be, you know, and, and a lot of players will do this in the Premier League and overseas leagues, but Australia actually need to connect with the fans. Mm. It almost needs to be after every game. They need to spend half an hour, 40 minutes, walking around the outside of the pitch, meeting the fans, getting involved. I, I mean, they do that at family days. They do, you know, giveaways. But after the World Cup, almost every club needs to be doing it. Yeah. Just to go, hey, guys, let's get an extra. If they only get an extra 2,000 people in the stadium, that's huge. It is. It is. Literally, that that just changes the game massively. If yeah. they can take ten percent, ten percent of the people that watch the Argentina game, that almost triples what they've been getting TV audience wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the minimum that the game needs. Yeah. Well, a, a good start was last night when um, a few of the players received heroes welcome uh, at the airport. In Adelaide, Craig Goodwin. Craig Goodwin yep. was the only one to get off that plate in Adelaide. A few in Melbourne for McLaren and Leckie. Yeah. And um, Sydney. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a really good start. The, the hype's building. Mm. Um, and I was seeing on social media last night that the A-League was posting um, plenty to get people on board for um, – the A-League this weekend. I know you said, you know, the, the newspapers and stuff aren't doing much about no, it. No, but, but that's and that also comes down to the, the them spending money on it and yeah. the APL might not have the access to the biggest pool of funds, which is completely and utterly understandable. Yeah. But the reality is is maybe we had to dip into a, a bit of a fund just to make sure it happened because you need to try and outweigh the AFL and NRL media in this country. You because do. Because they, they are so big. And there is a clear like participation. Well, no, I think I think you're about to say the exact oh, same. Yeah. Um, the participation for soccer is so so high. Yeah. You've got every MPL club at the moment is back training. That's a lot of Australian because you're looking at most most states have you know, upwards of twenty MPL junior teams, thirty yeah. MPL junior teams. They're already back. Senior mm. teams are back. Mm. Speak to those clubs. A lot of clubs have uh, A League clubs have connections to the junior clubs. Give them all tickets for the weekend. I know it's not revenue. Yeah. To the clubs, but it's people in the stadium. And guess what? If a stadium has 20,000 people in it, I go, I want to be a part of that. Mm. I'll go next week. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, I just think that totally we've agree. really got to run with it. The, the, you know, the, the soccer has done so well, we've got to run with it. Yeah. It's, and the country's got to get behind it. Yeah. Uh, I echo your thoughts. It's it's pivotal to capitalise on what the Socceroos have done. And uh, after their first loss against France, actually, it was a major talking point. Like you saw a few negative stories coming out and the talking point was the funding that the soccer, uh, that football gets mm. in Australia or the lack of funding. Um and I came across this the other day that football receives less funding than basketball, swimming, sailing, hockey, athletics, and cycling. Cycling almost doubles, has doubled the amount of funding than football, which is just crazy considering. I mean, I, I, I don't can recall. I can name one Australian cyclist. I can't name any. And I can't. You not name Del Evans. 
I don't know who you that is. I don't know who that is. It's we'll go. Right. We'll go it's next year. You and me, it's a day. You're, you're right, though. And the biggest problem is because that funding isn't coming through. It is costing families so much for their kids to play soccer. Mm. When you're looking at an AFL footballer, you know, if you're a parent and your kid maybe wants to play Aussie Rules well, what, or, what AFL or soccer football, you know, they, they could pay five hundred dollars a year and have access to all of these amazing facilities. You know, they, the, the junior clubs probably have like physio and, a, and well-being and a welfare person. And and if you go into a soccer club. You know, the, you would know better than I do, Mitch. But you're looking at three or four grand. MPL, MPL fees are you have about two or three kids. Two and a half thousand. You can't afford that. So naturally, they go into a, a different code and a different system. So need more funding, and it needs to be more affordable for young kids to play soccer. And hopefully, that's something that um, the um, the powers to be work on. And we need to give them time to to yeah. to, to create that um, better environment and pathway, and, mm. and and hope that they do. But I think we need to go through a few World Cup games, don't we? And then segue into the A-League. I think with so. With some Socceroos to finish. Yeah. We can we can do a double segue. But before Mitch goes into just his whole rant again about how... Nothing was negative. Crap the, uh, it's pretty negative. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you are right, Jack. Um, and, and actually, if you look around the world, some of the best players, um, they come from the poorest of backgrounds too. And, um, but they, and they do. And no one can afford MPL... MPL fees are exorbitant. They're ridiculous. Yeah. Every club knows it. Every club goes, oh, but, you know, we have to to pay coaches and, and to pay things. I hate to break to you. You're paying senior wages as well. And don't yeah. get me wrong. You are paying the coaches because every coach has got to be C, a minimum C, some a minimum B if you're um, under 16s and up. Yeah. And then to coach at the top level, you've got to have an A or a pro. Yeah. And it, they're not cheap licenses to get. You've got to take mm. time off to go and get your B. Your B is two weeks and you have mm. to do it the full days. Hmm. So you've got to take two weeks off work to go and get your B licence, which is about three grand. So there is, there is, you know, a cost associated with having the best coaches, but they're also not the best coaches. But that's a whole other story, a whole other podcast on why soccer in Australia isn't hmm. flying. Is just you know, the yeah. governing bodies don't help. And to just when we use the word soccer, it's just so we don't get confused when you're talking about different codes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would much yeah, rather call yeah, it football, football. But we have to... I've yeah, been abused overseas for calling it soccer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, w- I certainly wouldn't pay a, a club 10 grand a year to have three of my kids spend six hours a week with someone like Mitch. <laughs> like, I couldn't... How's that so, for a drive-by? So, yeah, wow. I, I know you're talking about these qualifications and all that sort of stuff, but still, at the end of the day, I think I... Run my money going elsewhere. So, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, there were plenty of other massive games. A lot of them going um, in the way of the favourites. Um, and this morning it was Portugal um, toppling Switzerland six one, and it was the uh, the twenty one year old Benfica striker who replaced Cristiano Ronaldo. He was sitting on the bench from the start of the match. Missed it irreplaceable. But Gonzalo Ramos, the youngest player to score a hat-trick in a knockout match in a World Cup since Palais. That is pretty impressive. Do you, do you remember, like, and this is going a little bit back here, that we said, are some players too big to be benched? Yeah. And a lot of us were like, no. Isn't it funny? A Portugal yeah. side who apparently have been so reliant on Ronaldo Possibly played their best, I'd say their best game in a long time. Definitely their best World Cup game this this year. I mean, they've been pretty without impressive. Without Ronaldo. No, they have been. Yeah. But how much more impressive were they when they didn't have to play through the yeah. ball through one person? Yeah. All of a sudden, everything that United did makes sense. And it's like, oh, they weren't just actually acting out. And maybe United weren't the problem. It was actually the one person 
that walked off, didn't go and thank his fans, walked off at the end of but the you game. you know who was right before United? Juventus, because they said exactly the same thing when they got rid of him. Oh, all so these I think the Juventus right. president said yeah. the same thing, but I guess it was just a, it was for United. It was just the fact that it was that, pretty much stopping him from going to City or going to Chelsea. Yeah, or, so it's like why bring him? Why bring Cristiano Ronaldo if you're just going to sit him on the bench? But he, look, he had the opportunity to like clear his reputation oh. with mm. one simple act. If he just went over after the game and embraced that's it, um, I, young Ramos, and got around him and put his arm over his shoulder, yeah. and everyone would have been like, what a what a legend! Man, what a legend! Yeah. What a great guy! United, the next generation come yeah. through. But he even couldn't do that. Yeah, he just walked straight off. So that's that says a lot so of his face character. after the goal was scored. Yeah. Was just it was stone face, and it's just like, mate, seriously, he's in serious denial. No, he's got about it's, his it's age. About his age. He, he wants to be the best and thinks he has to be at that level. He, he's making just Messi not. look pretty good right now. Oh, oh, Messi, yeah. Messi is sitting Messi back going, a, "This is Christmas." He was yeah. all class against yeah, yeah. Australia on the field as well, but also yeah. off the pitch. He was taking photos with the Australian players. Well, um, to be fair, he, he wasn't sure if they were fans or players, but he took a photo. Yeah, but he's all class, Messi. Just going back to Messi and and Australia and that Argentina game. I won't hash on for too long, but every player, every Australian player posted a photo after the game, you know, effectively. <laughs> every player posted the sole photo they had that Messi was in the same yeah. image. Yeah. Why as wouldn't the, you? I oh, mean, you would 100%. Like, but I think Sorcerer's was the best because he's so big and tall yeah. and he was running past Messi and I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's yeah. Just... yeah. Good old Harry Suter. And uh, it was like, I found it quite funny um, when your man, uh, Lissandro Martinez, was defending uh, Harry Suter. So, what, how tall Sutar? Six, six four or something, or six, six, six seven? or something ridiculous. I think, like, I think he's like two hundred one centimeters. So yeah, six seven. I love that Arnie move, and he, I don't know. I keep going back to Australia, Argentina, but send the big big fella full forward. To be honest, makes a lot of sense. Box, you know, yeah. if you need a hair and, in the and, box, and, and just whack it up to him, yeah. it was like putting you know sending Wayne Carey and someone it else worked a couple of times. Yeah. It's almost I mean, like putting Harry Maguire uh, to striker when you need a last minute goal. Yeah, United doing. But that's how much it speaks volumes. That's probably how much Australia are lacking like a proper number nine right now. I know Duke had a Duke, good tournament. Oh, Duke, Duke was, I mean, we're getting very much in Australia, but Duke was fantastic at pressing and he just yeah. liked that final touch and yeah. finesse that other strike, oh, other countries have, but, you know, that comes down to the whole system again and, and everything yeah. else. But I, yeah. I don't think, you know, with what Australia had, I think I don't think you can take too much away from them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We better not get back onto the. Uh, it's easy to go on the track of the Socceroos, but we'll keep going. Morocco and Spain this morning. The first upset of the tournament. Uh, sorry, well, first upset yeah. of the knockout stage. I meant to say. Um, and Morocco became just the fourth African team to ever make the quarterfinals of the World Cup, first since Ghana in 2010. And, I mean, they've, they've been pretty impressive. They topped their group. Mm. They're unbeaten still. They've faced, you know, Spain. They knocked them out. They beat Belgium. They drew to Croatia. Um, yeah. Zid, Shakimi, Zachariah. Yeah, they've got, they've got oh, a good not team. Not sorry, Zachariah. It's, but it's no. really good to have a, a, an Asian or African team go yeah. through to the, is it the qualifying final? What's next? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, sorry. Yep. Um, so that's great. And it's it's also great to have all, all the big big names and the big teams in the um in the finals. But having it having an underdog like Morocco is also exciting. Um yep. I, I to be honest, I didn't watch this game, I just watched the highlights. Mm. Um I just more wanted to point out that um Spain were Mitch's underdogs or sort of favourites in a way to win. <laughs> Who was your underdog, Jack? And, um, Who and your I remember he was laughing at, uh, I think, Jamie Carragher 
made a comment around, I don't know who's going to score Spain's goals. And then Mitch came out pretty defensive Spain. Of course, they're going to be able to score goals. But in this game, they couldn't even score a penalty. So <laughs> I would um, like to raise. I would like to raise you on this. Who was your dark horse? My dark horse. Yes, was uh, Wales. I think. <laughs> so and you also know you but, said Denmark would finish top of. Uh, yeah, oh, was, I, I sort of was on that side as well. But I'd like to point out. I think my dark horse got the furthest. No, mine's the Netherlands, and they're still in it. Yeah, the Netherlands probably the best. Well, dark horse Cody Gabko, Virgil Van Dijk. Sorry. Oh, they're pretty experienced. Um, no, they they yeah. were. They didn't even make the last World Cup. Some so of Spain's players horse, can't even drink in America. That's fine. But <laughs> Spain is still more likely. I mean, people would back them more into win than look the at Netherlands. you coming to the defence of a Dutch player. Who would have thought? The they keep, don't have anyone you'd like. I mean, the, the keeper. <laughs> what's his name? Is it uh, Simon Bornau? Oh, sorry, the, the Moroccan keeper. Yeah, uh, Bornau. He was, you know, obviously phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's, I think he's um, the first keeper to save three pens. In a so I'm not sure who he. No, plays. that was uh, one of them wasn't saved. One of them hit the post. Uh, but yesterday's goalkeeper. Um, so who was it? The Croatian goalkeeper. He made three saves, and he's he equaled he was, the most. So I was grabbing a headline from another story and attaching it to. That's it. Yeah, You're that close. Sounds, that sounds, oh, close. Oh, look, I think I get points. No, you, you get half a try. Yeah, um, I'll take that. Speaking of the Netherlands, though, yes, they've been very good this World Cup. Another one of those teams that haven't lost yet. Um, Gapko. Gap, yeah, that's it. He didn't. He, he scored in the three group games. He didn't score in the. Um, in the round of 16 match against the USA, but they didn't need him to because they scored three anyway. Um, two of them in the first half, and they look solid. And defensively as well, I think I said it at the start when I was naming them as my dark horse. It starts with defense, and they've got a good defense. They've got Van Dyke, they've got uh, mate, they've got a lot of young talent. Um, Delict and uh, Ake, Nathan Ake, no, and Dumfries and Blint as well, who play all wing backs. That's it. But that's they're, it. no, they're very, they are very Stole good. They're the words experienced. Out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, Delict came off the bench, so you weren't totally incorrect. We just didn't start. But no, they've got a good, they're solid. And they've the got options. the back works, and Dumfries had a freakish game. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like, he's just an un- unbelievable player. So, and De Jong as well is having yeah. a really good tournament. They've got um, a, and that's the thing, they've got good players. They've got good, it's just the depth that worries me. Um, with them pushing deep into the tournament, um, yeah. obviously they made the, the subs they brought on that game uh, against the USA were you know Bergwijn, Dele, uh, not going to go there, and my favourite what we cost, um, and Javi Simmons got his first uh, minutes in the World Cup, so yeah, it's good. They could be building. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot. Of, a few of those players will be around next World Cup. Obviously, Blint uh, won't be, but mm. they again they're another team that could really start to build something quite scary. Yeah, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they go. Obviously, on the weekend, like yeah. they seem to be united. Um, and yeah, playing good brand of football up against Argentina in the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty even odds for, for that match at the moment based on the, um, the yeah. performances of both sides so far. So, I mean, I in mean, terms of form, you'd almost have to say the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, it's just the messy yeah, factor. The, the messy factor and, yeah. you know, the Argentine, the, their defence, just the way they've been able to just get results yeah. for the last, you know, two years basically. Yeah. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia was their first loss in God knows how. But it's almost that wake up call that they needed. Yeah, just uh, just all of a sudden, I actually. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting game. Um, what were the other matches that took place? That was. 
Uh, well, we've got France Poland, three one to the French, and Kylian Mbappe. He was the man in that line, scoring at his second brace of the tournament. Uh, he's already overtaken Cristiano Ronaldo for all time World Cup goals, Thank and he's fourteen years younger, which is crazy. <laughs> He's leading the golden boot tally. He's passed uh, Palais as well for goals mm. um, before the age of 24. So, Who, who can, can you call in previous World Cups someone who has been as dominant and lethal as Mbappe? I mean, let's probably wind back the clock and just like Pelé because I mean, there's every chance he yeah, was. Okay. I mean, I wasn't around to watch well, that. In but. the last, you know, last three mm. World Cups, has yeah. someone been as dangerous and, and unstoppable. Like when Mbappe has the ball, he lit, it literally looks like no one can stop that, him. And, that, and that's the thing. With, with a player like Mbappe, he can beat you with the ball. They put a through ball through for him. No one's so, catching him. He's got more. He's got the, the weapons he has as a forward are ridiculous. And he's still at youth on his side. Whereas when Messi's running at you now, he, they'll just foul him because he can't he can't take the hits like he used to be able to. Yeah. He's still ridiculous. But Mbappe's got the pace. But Mbappe will beat with and the pace. He can still dribble. Yeah. He can finish He's from playing the world at the moment. Messi, Messi, for a while. Messi over, you know, 10 metres can get past someone and find oh. some space. But, you know, Mbappe yeah. can get the ball from the defence, you know, yeah. and completely. He can drive. Yeah. 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 So just different, different he, he creates his own chances as well, mm, yeah. which is the um, most impressive. It's, yeah, he, like he would have, he's my best player of the tournament so far. Yeah. Um, I second that. And yeah, and they look dangerous. Yeah. The French, they do. And they Giroud, do. Giroud still scoring goals. Like good yeah. on him. I think he passed now the highest. Um, yeah, he yeah, is. Scored most goals which for the is, French. It's insane. Over okay. Henri. Henri. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's which just, is which is huge. He's obviously just been in the right team at the right yeah. time. And also, also Benzema's been left out a few also, times. Yeah, <laughs> someone that everyone's given shit to, like wasn't good enough at Chelsea, didn't do this, can't score goals, inconsistent. Fifty-two goals for France. That's not. It's not like the Yeah. But, oh, hang on. That's is that a, that's that's what you're supposed to do. If you've got a if you've got someone who's great in the box, great error, like give him the ball. I remember Giroud on this is going off topic a bit, but um when he was playing for Arsenal, he used to cop a lot of criticism from Arsenal supporters mm. because he wasn't fast, he wasn't flashy, but I always thought he was a really good striker and he always scored great goals. <laughs> he was always quite reliable. His job was to put it in the back of the net and he did do it. So yeah, that's yeah. it. That's very stiff. I think it's the, the role yeah. Griezmann's been playing as well. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's his usual role that he plays when he's at Atletico. Mm. Um, but it's a bit of more of a selfless role. He's you know happy to you know he's obviously the, the creative engine room in the middle of the mm. park, finding Mbappe, linking up with Dembele, and, and and also working back as well. So I think his role um, has gone a bit unrecognised, but it, and it's been a bit more selfless than maybe what he's used to at club level. So. Yeah. Um, with him playing that more central role, it's certainly, and I know Pogba and Kante are more defensive players, but the Rabiol and um, Tushemi, is that how you pronounce his name? Tukumeni. Uh, Tukumeni. Chalmeni. Yeah, well, he, he's allowing them to just really focus on their defensive part of the game and you get the ball to Griezmann and then when he looks up and you've got Mbappe and Dembele, it's, it's you know. And it's, it's young. Yeah. That's the scary thing. It's scary. And it's deep, it's young, it's, yeah, frightening. Deep is in depth. <laughs> um, and they've got England up next, which is uh, probably uh, probably the well, biggest game of the tournament so it, far. Quite interestingly, Carl Walker has a very positive record against uh, Mbappe. PSG have not, I don't think they've taken points off City or beaten City. I think Carl Walker's had him in. When Kyle Walker has really? been marking Mbappe, 
I think pace wise and obviously strength wise, Kyle Walker is very strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think he's got to start, and then you can afford to bring on a someone else. But as long as he stays structurally, uh, structurally, yeah. structurally uh, positionally, he stays correct. Because so, let's be yeah. honest, Mbappe on Stones or Maguire is going to be an issue. That, well, that's but it. But Kyle, but his man's Kyle Walker. City also have a better defense than England at the moment. England's defense is probably their one weak point. Stones plays at City. Yeah, I know. It's, it's yeah. only one of the players, but oh, yeah. Stones. Or but Stones will stand. Ruben Diaz. Well, it's, and you've got to assume Stones will stand. Half man you, half man City. They're back four, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, so yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty – it's strong enough. I think they've they've done okay. I think Maguire's doing a pretty good job. He always seems to um, – I don't I don't feel like they've been tested yet, though. No, no. And they um, they will. But they, they'll, they'll they cover – I, I still back them into oh, – I probably back England into wins still. Yeah. I, think I think they've got a better midfield. They've looked, they've looked dangerous. Yeah. Jude Bellingham has taken them to another level. He's got his pick of clubs come January, yeah. come. The signs are there, Mitch. I know you I don't know. want to admit I it. I saw the video of him Ass- and Henderson hugging and just about Jordan kissing. And, Henderson. Yeah. and I was like, oh, That, that connection. Yeah. Best friends with Alexander Arnold in his setup. But guess what? If you don't make Champions League, mate, you can't get anybody. <laughs> I know that. I'm well aware. But it, you're right, uh, Jack. He's been. Brilliant this for, for a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, he's just he plays as if he's just been there for like ten years. But then you got Saka, who's also what twenty, twenty-one. Foden, Foden, who he's only, he can't he can only be twenty-one. I don't understand why Southgate wasn't playing Foden in those first two games. Maybe it was stroke of genius. He's fresh, you know. He's yeah, coming in. Like maybe. I don't know if it was. Resting there's other ways or, to do it. But yeah. Like, but, it was risky if that's the yeah, case. But he's playing now and that's the main thing. Um, yeah. They'll have their absolute best team. They had their, I think they had their best team on the park at Senegal. Yeah. That will probably go unchanged. Um, and, yeah, this is definitely the the match of the tournament so far coming mm. up for me. This is one I absolutely want to want to watch and I think it will go down to the wire, potentially yeah. even to penalties. So, um, you know. Pickford yeah. and Larice might have have, have oh. a big task ahead of them. And Larice has got one of he's got the worst penalty <laughs> um, at the moment in the Prem this season. The worst penalty um, so, save rate. Yeah, or something save like that. Yeah. goal yeah. rate. Like he's the oh, worst of right. penalties this year. How yeah. how does Sucker? How the likes of Sucker and a few others step up? Well, you'd the assume Euros. that they put penalties on their practice markers after the Euros. Yeah, yeah. But and I think the he's demons. Been well, actually, Arsenal. and talking about penalties in practice, Luis Enrique apparently set his Spanish team. Uh, homework of 1,000 penalties before the World Cup. So maybe practice Ouch. doesn't make perfect. No. It's all in the head. And when the pressure's on, it... it yeah. But it's also the strategy from the coaching staff in who you have on the park when penalties come on. So I mean, Spain could have had a more experienced player in it's Busquets. In, it's, it's interesting because you go, okay, we're in extra time. Do we want to go for Play a goal here, strikers. Or do we want to make sure we have the right people in the park who are going to be our best penalty takers? Well, you'd hope they're it's part of the 11 that are on the field. Yeah. I mean, really. You know, you'd assume that everyone would have the, the ability uh, to do it. Mm. I mean, in the end, a penalty, what, we're nine yards, you're nine yards away from the goal. It is advantage to the striker. Yeah, but someone, like, the, someone the with the experience of Jordan Henderson, like, did you want him taking a penalty? No. No? No. I mean, he's taken penalties right? in the past, but he's not the greatest so, penalty taker. Uh, yeah, it's just something that, and you know, they've got, People. Well, this is no the thing. If it, do, if it does go to pens, do you give Saka straight away so that that way Kane 
first off the bat. Well, now he scored, you can you feel confident. Yeah, I'd put Kane. Uh, Kane, he, probably Rice as uh, well. Rice, get him Rice, off to a good maybe. start. Get that got first goal in. Uh, Grealish probably takes one if he comes on. Rashford's taking yeah. penalties for United. We can't just name the starting. We can't just name every player in the twenty six <laughs> yeah. squad. But I mean, they, these guys. Are no, pretty, well, they all they're all very good, yeah, at, and then they've been there and done that. But it is a different stage. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think England would pay for. So we'd play for penalties. Yeah. Knowing what they've got, like I just think that knowing that then whoever wins out of England and France goes on to play, arguably you can say right now Portugal because Portugal should be Morocco, and realistically it's probably going to be a fresh Portugal team. I don't think either team are going to want to take this to penalties. Mm. I don't think a team will win the World Cup without going through one penalty shootout. Tell you what, that would be a phenomenal thing to put a bet on. Gordo can look up to see if there's any mark on that. Yeah, that, that, like, that we will see a, f- a few penalty shootouts over the next. And you know what? Let's have a bet you and I. I reckon the winner of the World Cup, oh, hang on, starting from now. Yeah. So if the winner of the World Cup doesn't go to a penalty shootout, you owe me a beer. And if they do, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> what if Aziz Beige somehow <laughs> scores from the back end? <laughs> Change, changes allegiance. No, no it, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. No, look, every. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to put a bet on. I can actually enjoy the game without having um, some sort of wager. On Says it, the man who's got a multi on the A-League. That's different. I think there's some juicy odds in the A-League. <laughs> I think I know more than the bookkeepers at Sportsbet when it comes to the A-League. That's different. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it will be an awesome um, weekend yeah. of quarters that's for sure yeah and if there's one team that can go through the whole tournament win it and not have to go through a penalty shootout at the moment it's brazil because they are just flying hot um they're in form they're scoring goals for fun literally for fun if you watched richarlison's goal um, four goals in 30 he minutes. was taking the joke. piws um yeah and, yeah, they put four past Korea and, honestly, uh, they've got Croatia up next and just can't see them slowing well, down. The, the, my favourite part about it, and not that it has a massive deal, but I think it has some impact, all 26 players that Brazil took over have played. Yeah. They're the first team ever to do that in World Cup history. I just think that going into deep in a game, if they get an injury, that's fine. He, he's not going to be overawed by the experience of having a debut because he's already had it. Yeah. The players are ready. They know what to expect. They know what a World Cup game feels like now. So no player, whenever they've got it, if they're told to step up night before, the day before, the day off because of an injury, uh, warm injury, they're all ready to play. They've all experienced a World Cup game now. Mm -hmm. I think that is a really good thing to have because there's less nerves. Because debuting, there's huge nerves. Not that, you know, Ramos showed that this morning. But there is huge nerves involved in a World Cup game. So I think the fact that every player from Brazil has got minutes now in the legs at the World Cup, phenomenal. There's yeah. one player that they can't afford to get injured. I think, well, I mean, you can name all of them, like Vinicius Jr. or Fina, like they're all yeah, Anybody in that front. <laughs> but Richarlson, mm. with the injury of Jesus, Gabriel Jesus, who, who mm. leads the charge in mm. that front third if he's out? It, like if, if Brazil, uh, you know, if it's nil or and it's going into extra time or, you, you know, and Richarlson's cooked, then you're suddenly playing your front three without an outright striker and there's no one really in the box with that yeah. aerial threat. So mm. there's a lot. I, I think even though we had that bet around going into it's, it's probably going to go into penalties at the team at some stage if they're going to win the World Cup um, throughout these these finals. But I think Brazil need to win, win the games in the 90 minutes mm. because they, they're so dependent on him 
as their vocal point up front and they don't really have any other strikers behind he, him. He's come out of the blue as well a bit, Richarlison, because I think a lot of people would have predicted Jesus to be that um, starting number nine. But Just based on the link play that yeah. he, he gave. But he, and that's where he's different. He's not that pure nine. He's yeah. that link play nine, whereas I think Richarlison's been given the... Let's go and he's thrives. He's yeah. been really good. It's, it'd be hard for if he like keeps scoring goals and Brazil win the World Cup. How does he sit on the bench like in at Tottenham? Well, with, it's a shame we don't have Al on this podcast. I was going to say, well, Conte will just go and play four four two. Yeah, Kane and Richarlison up top. Did, would that work? I was talking. Nah. To, I was talking to Al about it the other day, um, and he wasn't against. <laughs> no, he'll probably uh, disagree with this now. But uh, selling Kane and keeping Richarlison as the number wow. nine. Well, be United, to be honest with you, United might actually go for that because they want a nine. Yeah, a proper nine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his stocks like have risen massively, oh, yeah. and if he wins, if they win the World Cup, like he he needs to be at a club where he is the number one man. Yeah. Um, Similar to what he was at Everton, really. Yeah, but a big club. Mm, yeah. With all due respect, Everton. <laughs> no one here is going to argue that point. <laughs> Nick will actually support that and say, yeah, Everton should be relegated. Big club, not a very good team. I'll, I'll leave it at not that. Not a very good city. Anyway, <laughs> oh, next game. I won't let my missus uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, does she? She's from. No, but does she listen to the podcast? Oh. Uh, Probably. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, no, she does. Okay. I'll make sure of it. I'll make sure of it. Nick, Nick puts it on. Yeah, Nick yeah. walks in the house. He's, he's like, before, yeah. did you listen yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> um, and Brazil will be taking on Croatia in the next game after they uh, got through Japan in the other um, game that went to penalties. And unlucky for Japan, really, because they took the early lead. I feel like they've been good in this tournament. They topped the group of death, dismantled to some, some of the giants in the in the tournament. So, And they drew to Croatia, which isn't really a bad result. But, but uh, I think you've nailed it there. I think they, they beat some big clubs. They beat the big teams. They almost played every game they played in the group of death is a, is a final. So yeah. it was almost like by the, by the fourth game. Yeah, they beat, but was Spain, Germany? They, yeah, that's it. They, Spain, Germany, and I can't remember the third team. They, yeah. But it was effectively every game is a final. They can't afford to lose anything in the group stages to get through. So by your fourth game, you are overawed. Yeah. You've you've had so many big games. The energy that you take out of you is huge. Mm. And then to come up against a Croatian team, which to be honest with you, there's gaps in the Croatian team. Like they're very still very good. You've got Kovacic, who's obviously fantastic. Modric, Perisic, who's getting on. The golden like, generation, gonna be, their prime was the last World yeah, Cup. And this is the thing, the like, we could literally see some serious goals put past them, Croatia, in the next game. But I think that takes away from what Japan were able to do. Mm. I think, you know, and shows like what they do with their football is correct, you know, from a junior level upwards. They've got the right infrastructure in place. They're producing players are all on the same page. Yeah. And it's fantastic to see. Should be. So That should be the blueprint. And this is it. Japan have always been in, in Australasia. And now yeah. Japan are very much a, a round of 16 quarterfinals proposition. Like, yeah. every well They're really yeah. banging like, down like, the door yeah. for a quarterfinal Like, if they make spot. quarterfinals, it's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, and the expectation would be to get through to the round of 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is fantastic for, for them and, and their football. And Asian football yeah. in general. Yeah. I think Asian football really took this... This World Cup by storm. Um, Saudi Arabia, Korea, um, I think Australia as well. Um, yeah. I, think. I mean, obviously, we expect more from Australia in terms of the team they have, um, not so much the results. Their results surprised us. Um, but, you know, I think the world took notice a bit of Asian football. They did. I mean, there's no a, a more, there's no Asian team in the 
quarterfinals. It's a shame one can sneak in. It would have been good to have Japan in there. Um, Mor- Morocco and Japan mm. it would have been great, and then obviously all the the big nations in yeah. the quarterfinals, and they that nearly did happen. But you're right. Um, definitely, um, a lot of Asian countries are now sort of on the radar mm-hmm. um, and well respected across the globe, and. And hopefully that helps their um, domestic competitions as well, give them some credibility. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And that wraps up the uh, all the games from the round of 16 and there's obviously some big ones coming up. So uh, we'll go we'll, – I mean, we'll go through and give our predictions. Croatia, Brazil. Brazil. I think we're all going to be on Braz- Brazil. Brazil in this one, yep. Uh, Netherlands, Argentina. I'm going to back the – I'm going to back the Dutch. I, I said that my dark horse, I'll stick with it. I was tempted by the Dutch factor, but the Messi factor. And the reality is I don't want Portugal getting further than Argentina because then everyone will be like, but how good's Ronaldo? It's like, he was on the bench. Mm. I Yeah. When I'm not sure who to tip, I look at the previous games and see who celebrated their last win the most and go against them. <laughs> That's dark. So, so, it? so, so I'm going to say Netherlands because Argentina were celebrate. They were, you know. It says a lot about Australia and how far we pushed yeah. them. So I'm uh, going to say the Netherlands just because I, I think Argentina celebrated yeah. too much in the last game. Well, it's, a, it's a fair, fair from point. But I, I really do think that they, um, Argentina, they looked tired towards the end of that game against the Socceroos. Um, Different games though. Yeah. Like Australia are going to press you. They're not going to, like, every ball had to go over the top because they don't have the ability to pass through a midfield. Yeah. Like, Dutch are going to play the ball on the deck. It's going to be a passing game. They're predictable. Like, they know what they know what the Dutch are going to do. They didn't know what Australia were going to do. Mm. Australia didn't know what they were going to do. I just, think, I just think it's a very different ball game versus a, a, a team full of full. I just European think of that, I just think of that Dutch defence and I think... No, they'll stand Ooh, up pretty Dyke. tall. They'll stand up pretty tall well, against Argentina. 6'5", 6'6". Yep. <laughs> they'll stand up pretty tall over Messi. Um, Morocco, Portugal. Portugal. This is the big one. I mean, yeah, Portugal's the... Portugal, yeah, as long as... As long as Ronaldo's benched. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Great. Morocco, they are the surprise packets, the feel-good story of the tournament, the underdog story of the tournament. How far can they keep going? It would have taken a lot of momentum from... Just the quarterfinals. This yeah. one. That's it. No mind. They booked their tickets for the next yeah. day. They did look pretty uh, potent, the Portuguese, this morning. I tipped them as my underdogs in a, on a different podcast. Portugal? No, Morocco. Oh. <laughs> a dark horse. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the last one, England, France, Sunday morning, the blockbuster, 6 a.m. Australian Eastern Just to Standard go against time. Al. Day, daylight time. <laughs> England in penalties. It's not going to penalties. Mm. England in England in. I mean, this England is England in standard coin, time. Really. Um, I reckon Rashford comes off the bench and seals it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to back England. I think they can go deep. I, if, I reckon the winner of this goes to the final. I can go to the final. I mean, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. You guys are disgusting. It's better, better chance than the loser. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so four big games coming up. Um, plenty to look forward to, but I think that's all we have for today's episode, boys. I want to hear about Jack's A-League multi, personally. Oh, I want him to on. sell it to me. Hold on. I thought we were know done the, with A-League, but no. No, but I want to hear about this multi because okay. Jack's confident. You don't often hear Jack sprouting his own bets. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's not a betting Hashtag. man. But if you, oh, well, we you lodged this on Sportsbet. A-League at the start. No, you lodged this on Sportsbet. I want to hear about your... Anyway, let's 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 get into it now. I, on, no, I don't want to encourage... 
sports betting. I want people to enjoy the sport for the rest of this. <laughs> Okay, well, which teams do you think would win and what would you put – and if you were <laughs> to put them in a multi, which ones would they be? Look, I would just go through my tips for this weekend yeah. of A-League and just maybe focus on a few games. I think Sydney FC at home against Melbourne City. I think Sydney FC are a big chance. Um, they big game. They will come out very hungry and fired up. It's very big for them. Melbourne City, new coach. Um, Might uh, rest a couple of players. Yeah. um, So I reckon now's a really good time to get City and Sydney FC, this is going to be like a a final for them. Um, Perth Glory are playing Western United at Macedonia Park for the first time. That'll be exciting to look at that, see what that ground looks like. But Western United, like Diamante, Prejevich coming back in. Um, Perth Glory, probably the worst team in the competition. So... You think they should be a good chance to win, and um, and for the outsider of the week, I think Newcastle Jets should beat Central Coast Mariners. Now, every time you speak of the Jets, that's got to be the caveat of the fact that you are the Jets' am, biggest yeah, supporter. So I do get blinded by the the you know yeah. my um my bias and 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 love for the Jets. So um, it's I, I could be very wrong, but you know Mariners Cummings Qual. Like how do they start after flying back this week? I I, I don't know, and um, I think without Cummings and Quoll, like I mean, uh, Quoll's never started, has he? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. they've, they've they've got points just because of from what he's yeah. done off the mm. bench. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think the World Cup and the Socceroos and them coming back into this first round of A League will have an impact on um, certain results, and I think those games in particular will be ones to watch. Yeah. Yeah, just on Kuro. If that goal went in at the end. Don't talk. Don't. Oh, my God. I've, I've honestly dreamt about it every night. Don't. The scenes, yeah. the limbs. Do you the... think he should have finished it? No. no I think he did no. everything he possibly he, could. I, yeah, could, could he have cut onto his left and then shot? But then everyone would say, just shoot. When you have the chance in the box, you just yeah, got to shoot. Because if he cut right in thing. and the opportunity wasted, then we would have been saying, why didn't you just shoot first yeah, time? He, but, but that Matt, turn but, was. But Matthew Martin is a disgrace for, missing, for making one mistake in a game, correct? No, he's not. Okay. Because we wouldn't have been in that stage of the World Cup without Matty Ryan. So, yeah. and he's made he's had some massive moments that saved Australia. So, yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't saying. I, I, I think Matty Ryan's done it fantastically, but everyone's blaming. Everyone's saying oh, that no, it's Matty shocking. Ryan cost us the opportunity. It's like, well, Cool had a great opportunity. I hate to break it to you, if you're going to be a Premier League striker, we didn't know. But we'd expect ten years old. No, but we'd expect <laughs> Harry. I don't know. It's different levels. But my point is, if that was an English striker, he'd be getting smashed for not finishing the opportunity. It, it wasn't. Be. It wasn't even a one-on-one because he didn't even look at the goals. It was just a quick turn and shoot, and it was a Best lucky save don't look by at the guy Martinez. And know where the goals are, and he knew where the goals were. It was on yeah, target. He put it on target. Honestly, it was it was inches. If it was it a was, tiny bit higher, because you, you needed that to get into the sort of yeah. the, the top. And Martinez, the, the he had his eyes closed for the shot. It clipped his shoulder. Like it was such a lucky save. And look. If you if you tried that same shot um, a few more times, you probably would have banked it in nine times out of ten. It's yeah. just one of those. Oh, yeah. Nine times let's, out of ten. Let's yeah. not let's not even go. Baller. It, it's yeah. That, I mean yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And the, I was the at Fed Square well. and I was just we were at Fed Square. Yeah, I was at Fed Square for that, and it just felt like wow. Yeah. Like, I, I, I showed up at Fed Square at 5 a.m. and I didn't get let in. Yeah, I got there at um, quarter to five. Oh, just got in. What made you more before. disappointed, Nick? Italy missing out on the World Cup or Cool missing? Cool missing. Yeah. I'm an Australian supporter. Interesting. Okay. Socceroos all the way, mate. If Socceroos played Italy, I'm Socceroos all the way. But, you know, Asian Cup next year. 
Yeah. How many, do people turn out to Fed Square for an Asian Cup game, do you think? Probably not. Maybe. I reckon. We'll see. But I reckon that, they'll like, get behind them. This is the um, is the Football Federation. This is their chance. All right, we've got a Women's Home World Cup. Mm, mix we've, it. we've got the Asian Cup in Qatar. Like the Socceroos, you know, everyone's behind them. Like let's really, really it's ride this way. It's, it's a big year. For the Socceroos and the A-League. And, um, for Australian football. If yeah. they can, you know, if things go right next year, yeah. um, it could really um, yeah. build the build the sport back up in the country yeah. and, and hopefully that improves the um, the exposure of the A-League. I don't, mm. I don't know if the standard of the A-League is necessarily the issue. I know Mitch is looking at me really, you know, like <laughs> quite disgusted, but um, everyone goes, oh, it's not the EPL. Of course it's not the EPL. It's the A-League. Like there, there are lots of leagues around the world that aren't like the EPL. I think Australians can be a bit stupid when they compare it to the A-League. I mean, anyway. you, look at, you look at the Brazilian league and the Argentinian league, their national teams are incredible, um, but their domestic leagues aren't that great, but the fans still get behind them. When was the last team to win the um, Asian Champions League? Australian team. The Australian team to win the Asian Champions League. Mm. Okay, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers. Back in. Oh, 2012? What, what, is it a four-year tournament or is it every year? Japan make Japan Japan yeah, Japanese I, team I, I tell you what the, the fixturing of the uh, like the Asian Champions League is ne- has never been easy for, make it easy for well no that's why Alex Melbourne City that's chose it. to go all for it and still lost and, and still took the Mickey in the A League. We're also talking about salary cap versus no salary cap, yeah. and um, which I think will need Chinese to be teams. And the, yeah, <laughs> they can scrap it. They can scrap it here, and the only person, the only team that's going to benefit is Melbourne City. All right, because no, there's no money in there's no money in Australian football. It comes well, back to it. the same issue. Yeah, I know. We've already so it's all got to be changed. It I does. Think if we want to be competitive on you. any level and caps, make I it a cap on you. having you must have a minimum in the uh, Ch- uh, Chinese league. I forget, I forget what it's called. Chinese but they Super have to, Thank you. They have to have a Chinese goalkeeper because they recognise that that is an issue in their national team. Mm-hmm. So every goalkeeper has to be a Chinese goalkeeper, therefore they improve them. I think that's probably... If in Australia, to have yeah, you have a quota. You, can ha- you have to have... Uh, you have to have, you know... Every year you've got to bring in three NPL players from yeah. your junior setup. Every year, or just something. And it but doesn't it, have to be that also, ridiculous, but improve, the, improve what's here. And also, a second division, I think, is crucial yeah, as well. A, a, a second division... Um, is crucial, um, but also because that's it's, what Japan did. The, the yeah, but it's got to be it's got to be funded by somebody because the likes of South Melbourne they love talking about how much money yep. they've got and they do have, they have some decent pockets. But to take a team around Australia to accommodation, full time staff, full time physio, everything like that, it can't be done overnight. Mm. Who's going to bring? Who's going to take the broadcast rights? Because not everyone complains now that it's on Paramount. Yeah, at least they're putting some money in. Yeah, but all this just. We seriously need the Australian government or somebody to come in and go, hey, actually, there's I know there's a few mining companies out there with a bit of cash that they throw around, so that would be handy. But it, it's got to come from somewhere because at the moment the governing body doesn't want to do it. Yeah. They don't have the financials to do it. So the government has to. Yeah. Yeah. And now, look, and now's the time for all of this to get sorted out. So it let's is. see what happens over mm-hmm. the next 18 months. Yeah. I think, they've, um, they've put forward a really good yeah. case of Socceroos and yeah. now it's over They've to done them. their job. As they said, we've done our job on the pitch. Now it's up to... Yeah. The um the governing bodies and, so and the, the, the governing bodies and the fans though. And the, yeah. the fans yeah. have to turn out because if, if if no one goes to games, the government just sit back and go, Well that's well, that was my point earlier. I said despite how bad the, the, the quality may be in some people's eyes, um, the fans should still be turning out and just supporting them. 
It's it's your local team. It's your local team. You, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of Australians have their NPL teams as their the yeah. team they support. NPL quality isn't as good as the A League quality. No, that's why that. That's why they don't win the. the so just um, jump on an A League team, suck it up until yeah. the second it, division's been brought in, well, and mm, get behind a team. And A League teams, and I imagine teams like Newcastle and Central Coast Mariners do this quite well. But you know, you you, you got to the A League teams need to give it that feel of it's like their community team. Like you need the players yeah, need the, to the be jet, accept, the Jets do accessible. Do it very, very well. they, do, they do that really well. Mm. Um, so City do it very well. Where where I know. The club so, so players club. feel connected to mm. to the like um, not like necessarily if you're a member of um, the Collingwood Football Club you're just mm. one of you know hundred thousand and you're not going to have any sort of inner sanctum access mm. or connection or touch the or get um, you know <laughs> touch the players <laughs> but you know after the game the players come through so to, to have it a bit and yeah. what will help that will be these teams having their own yeah. rectangular stadiums. Oh. So, which which <laughs> comes back to yeah. funding. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's see. Absolutely. Let's see what happens, and we can only do our bit by talking about the A League. Mitch, I know you find it hard sometimes, but I, if, we all like put, to, if we all put a bit of cash on your bet, Jack, we can all together pretty much buy an A League team. Wasn't a bet. That was just some. We all trust your tips around <laughs> uh, what I think might happen in this first. Round back in the alley, but, um, but yeah, yeah. It, all we can do is do our bit. Come back here in a month's time, talk about you know after Christmas, talk about how great the A League's been and how um yeah. you know off the back of the World Cup that it's um really improved and <laughs> and uh and go from there. I like it. I second that. It's a bit of a shame that the the A League round starts this week with Brisbane versus Adelaide, but <laughs> hey, that's what a do you, banger. What do you mean? Uh, that's a blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> Craig Goodwin. It is. It's a yeah. That's right. Craig Goodwin. I don't know if he's going to play, but uh, hopefully we do see him out there. It'll be massive. Craig Goodwin, Charlie Austin. You know. Yep. Um, so that's, a, that's an Aussie and an Englishman. Where's at? Dolphin Stadium up in Redcliffe. <laughs> be a packed house. Um, Tell you what, Dolphin, if I was going to go to any A-League stadium, and obviously I love Amy Park, but Dolphin Stadium is great because it's attached to an RSL. And the RSL, you can sit out <laughs> on the patio and it overlooks the whole entire ground. It's down one it's of like the ends, an, I don't know which end. But I'll like tell you an, what, I'd love to sit there, have a few beers, have a parma. It's like an English Championship or League 1 or 2 vibes, that, having a pub right next to the stadium. Or just having like your house in the stadium because the, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't moved for like the last it. 40 years. Well, that's all we have time for today uh, on this episode. Still so much to play out and look forward to. So keep following all the action from Guitar on the EPL Live World Cup Edition app and A-League apps as the A-League returns this weekend. And we'll be back again next week to unpack more of the action from uh, from from Guitar. And until then, enjoy the football.